Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice. And we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 17 years and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we're ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. Now, before we dive in, I wanted to give a special thanks to Alob. He's got uh, the intro that we just had from the album No Match for Love. You can find it on Spotify. Just search Alob, A-L-O-B. We'll have a link in the show notes at mlapodcast.com as well. Hey guys, earlier today I got a text from Chris and he said, Matt, I'm feeling feisty. And so I think he's got a special story for us. Is this is this the time for the story, Chris? Oh. I can only imagine. Oh. Okay, so I've got this guitar here. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I'm tuning my guitar. I've got my little guitar tuner and I'm finding that it's just a little bit out of key and it just needs fine tune. I broke a string the other day. And uh, it seems like when you put a new string on, it's like old wine and new wine skin or whatever that is. Um, it, you just have to retune it a lot, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I want to try and get it to where it's just perfect, perfectly tuned, but leave it alone for 10 minutes and it comes back off. Anyways, so with that being said, I wanted to play a game with you. Are you ready, Matt? Yeah, let's do it. Movie title. Just the movie title. You haven't known anything about the plot. What would you say that the movie is about? And you can think of your own. I'll give you an example. Okay. There's this new movie coming out. It's called I Can Only Imagine. Okay. And, uh, and, and a lot of people know it's about how the song was made and things like that. But if I wipe that from my memory, here's what I would say I Can Only Imagine is about. The story, the courageous story of a family whose son can't read, can't write, can't do anything for himself. He can only imagine. And how they used his one special <laughs> gift to change the world. Nice. What do you think? I, I think that's pretty good. I, I've got nothing for you, though, in response. Okay. I like I'll it. Give you I like a, it. I'll give you another one. One of the biggest movies out there right now is A Quiet Place. Yep. Right? Now, I know that it's supposed to be a, a scary movie or whatever. I, it's it's so, a and great that's, that's, movie, by the way. It's, have, have you seen, seen it? it? I've seen it twice. I it's, have not seen it even once. So, you've yeah. seen it enough for the both of us. I took my wife um, and like she loved it, too. Yeah, the second well, time I took her. Now that Bishop Barron has written a, an endorsement of it to, to a degree, <laughs> my wife is like, don't go see it without me. And I'm like, you'll be terrified, <laughs> yeah. but it'll be good. But I would say A Quiet Place is Bram, uh, Bram Stroger's, uh, his kind of Narnia, so okay. to speak, about, about children who get put in a corner, quiet place, and discover an entirely different world. Filled with monsters. Oh, this in is fact, your, this is your, yeah. like, your makeup. Okay, I got you. I was, like, yeah, I was yeah. completely confused there for a second. I forgot we were in the plane. In fact, the game. and the coolest thing, the coolest thing is that uh, Hans Zimmer um, is actually does a remake, symphon- symphonic remake of Monster Mash. And that is the uh, number one selling thing on iTunes three weeks after the movie is released. That's fun. You will, you will find, if you don't know this about me already, Chris, you can talk to Alyssa, you can talk to JP. These are other friends of ours um, and listeners. But one of the things that you will find about me is I am absolutely awful at games like this. I, I have no, like, there's something weird about me. I cannot make up stuff like that and do well. You played, actually, you played a game with me on Monday nights where we, we did that with, uh, what was that? With uh, uh, Quiplash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just yeah, awful Jack, at Jack Jackbox, yeah. I'm yeah. the worst at those. So... Good. Like that sounds like fun, you know, and Taylor would actually have a lot of fun with that. But I'm just really bad at games like that, Chris. I'm sorry. I got well, nothing listener, for you. 
listener. Um, <laughs> Matt just killed it. <laughs> yeah, he killed it. And he mentioned a bunch of people that we know that you don't. So, how's the ride? Awkward. A little bumpy, huh? Yeah. A little bumpy. bumpy. So, um, let's talk a little bit. I, I love the analogy that, that you brought to me um, for starting, uh, starting and diving into this topic. Yeah. Um, I want you to share that, and then I want to do just a story time with Chris for just a minute. So go ahead and share your analogy about the growing edge. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that uh, that I run into every so often is is kind of being every so often I'll get frustrated with sometimes how slow the church moves in certain in certain areas and how slow she is to respond to certain things. And I, I have to remind myself in a way of <laughs> it's a blog post that I, I posted um, multiple years ago. Um, and it's the idea of the green growing edge, you know, so, um, the whole idea revolves around the vine and the branches, right? We need the church to be this stable trunk that doesn't move, that supplies and is the conduit in a way of the grace that God wants to, to pour out on us through the, through the church. But the church also needs us out there in the field, reaching for the new sunlight you know, we we are the green growing edge. And I don't know if that is, you know, egotistical to think about, but, you know, we need, if we're all part of this plant, you know, we need to continually be growing and seeking for that, that next ray of sunshine, you know, that next um, area of growth. And the neither unchurched? one, what's that? The unchurched? Yes, absolutely. Sorry. Thanks, Chris. Um, yeah. But neither one of them can survive without the other. Um, both the trunk, you know, and the leaves, you know, the green going edge need each other um, to survive. And I think too often we get frustrated with each other um, instead of seeing, you know, the gifts that each one of us are and what, what we bring to the table. So story time, Chris. Story time. So this story comes from The God-Bearing Life, The Art of Soul Tending for Youth Ministry by Dean and Foster. When my eight-year-old friend Justin banged out the front door to meet the bus recently, his new puppy slithered through the opening in the door and took off like a shot. She narrowly missed being flattened by two cars. Justin didn't name her Lucky for nothing. Alarmed, Justin sped after her, which made the e race even more fun from Lucky's point of view. Every time Justin got close to her, Lucky mustered Cocker Spaniel warp speed to run faster. Pretty soon, Justin's grandmother was out on the front lawn, motioning wildly at Justin to get back home. Justin protested, bus or no bus, he had to catch Lucky. His grandmother waved all the harder for him to come home. Thinking that she was pulling rank, Justin finally turned around and ran home, with Lucky hot on his trail, until they both returned safely to the garage. God-bearing ministry affirms youth on this journey, but it does more than that. It reminds that those questers, those on a journey, they have a destination in the cross. In life, death, and the resurrection, God is waving us home. The minister in that example was the grandmother mm. who stood firmly at home calling Justin home. He yep. had left the home. And I think that that is a, an, an analogy that I think is very effective in youth ministry or ministry in general, right? So if yep. there's someone that is uh, struggling with a, uh, attending a strip club or something like that, the green growing edge shouldn't go into the strip club to go ahead and meet them there, right? It needs to be somewhere else to call them home. But at the same time, 
it makes me think about all the all the lucky and all the Justins out there who might be beyond the call of the front porch of the church. Yeah. That thus makes the green growing edge. So what does I mean, what does it mean? How do we go ahead and do that outreach that you talk about? Without losing our identity and our core of the front porch, calling people home. I like. I, it's weird. Like as you're talking, I feel. I feel like I. Yeah, I, I disagree with this, a statement you just said, and I've got to say something because the, like, I think there are certain people that should go into that strip club. Now, it's not going to be me, and it shouldn't be me, but maybe it should be some females, you know, that are in the church. To go and do that. I've, I've heard about ministries that, that do exactly that. They go and they do Bible studies in the strip club with the strippers. Um, and, and the strip club owners are actually fine with that. Even though, you know, some of the, some of the girls do end up leaving, you know, because of that. So I, right. I would still say that that would be even part, that would be absolutely part of the green growing edge. The, the thing about it is the green growing edge cannot detach itself from the trunk. And in my, in my mind, the trunk is the grandma. You know, the, the trunk that's staying there, that's not moving is, is, is grandma calling us home. And yeah, the green growing edge is going out there to reach them. Now, in that analogy, the one that you gave, I, I absolutely see that with regards to, uh, ministers calling people back to the church because very often the people that we're trying to call back are chasing things that they think they're going to lose and it gets and them it, further and further away from the church. It also presupposes that they were at home at some point. Yeah. And so those are those who maybe have been born and baptized and then left the church at some point in their life, whereas the green growing edge maybe reaches people who have never encountered the gospel. Yeah. The, I don't know if the two analogies, they, they definitely, you know, work together in certain areas, you know, but the, with regards to the trunk and the tree, I like, or the trunk and the branches, because what we're doing in a blaze, you know, is so different than what a lot of people have have done you know especially at, at least in our area for sure it's it's that it's that new way of doing ministry and so it's it's a new way of doing things that it sometimes it seems like the trunk or those who are comfortable with the trunk are they look at it with suspicion or they like so often like even the church as a whole maybe not suspicion isn't the right word but the church as a whole looks at New things. Bum, bum, bum. What? Go ahead. Like suspicion. Oh, yeah. I mean, it sounded like a conspiracy theory was <laughs> yeah. about to break out, you know? No, no nothing like that. But, uh, but those of us who are out there trying new things, doing new things to reach new people or to reach people in a new way, um, often feel unsupported by the trunk. Um, and I don't know yes, if that's... And let me speak to that for Go just ahead. a moment because they feel or we feel or I feel like the tree is dying. Yeah. So what are we doing going out when we can't even take care of ourselves? Yeah. You know, yeah. the church attendance is dropping, right? Ministry, youth ministry will cease to exist in 60, 80, 120 years if the statistics continue true because we're only retaining 25%. Yeah, yeah. Why would we need to hire anyone for that when we could just have a couple of classes because confirmation groups at a parish might go from 50 kids to 100 years from now, five kids. Yeah. So what's the point, you know? And so the the trunk is to a degree dying. And again, the, the gates of hell shall not stand against us. Yeah. But um, it's, it is it is an issue. And there's a resource issue. How are we going to go ahead and resource outreach evangelization when we can't even catechize and evangelize those who come to us Sunday after Sunday after Sunday? Yeah. And so that, that I think that's the tension. And I see that and I hear that. And it does. The church to a degree, is hurting in that regard. Yeah. 
Well, and, and when we when we see that, and I, I guess a lot of it depends on the, the language you're using, but um, those of us who are looking for new ways to reach out and to help, you know, help those statistics turn in the right direction, we, we know that we've got to do, we do something different, do new things, you know, um, and try to do it in new ways. Um, but we often aren't supported, you know, in, in doing so, unless you are like super charismatic and have the most powerful people behind you, the likelihood of getting, you know, something like that happening is pretty low, you know, and, it, and that's just, that's, I don't know if that's normal or if other people have the same frustration, but it's something that I feel like we've got to find a way to, to strike some balance there, you know, as a church. Absolutely. Why is it that the most outreaching type of stuff is happening in parachurch organizations? Yeah. And what I mean is I'm talking about real life Catholic. I'm talking about dynamic Catholic and these other things that aren't within the church, even though they're supporting the church. That's what I mean by parachurch, you yeah. know, is they're supporting the church. Um, why isn't every parish doing some of the things about outreach like like Chris Stefanik or Matthew Kelly are doing through yeah. Real Life Catholic and Dynamic Catholic. Like, why does it have to be a completely different thing? Thank God those exist, but they yeah. should be a model for us that that can happen and be successful because there have been fruits to that. And we need to reach the lost and the lonely. <laughs> like, not just need to, we're commanded to. Yeah. yeah, and on the other end of that, which is something that I always, you know, take to prayer personally, you know, is is we absolutely must stay connected to the church, um, to mother church. Cause that, you know, is, yeah, that's just stupid to think otherwise, you know, to think that we can do it all on our own without that is, is silly, but I don't know if you had to say anything to that. Well, yeah. So there's, um, there's a movement, uh, in young life. For those of you who aren't familiar, young life is a non-denominational youth outreach organization. A lot of people I know have had positive experiences, and a lot of people I know have had negative experiences. I've seen Young Life done very well and done very poorly in regards to the Catholic Church and, and pieces like that. But nevertheless, Young Life has now uh, got a Catholic um, Catholic liaison. Matt and I actually got to sit down with Michael, is his name, Michael Havernkamp, holy, what, Florida, at the yeah, the Bishop's the, Senate or whatever. The convocation. Um, mm-hmm. Convocation, thank you, and uh, and 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 just you know talk with him a little bit about his heart and the desire, and the reality is is some people might see those efforts as something threatening, like oh okay, young life is going to steal teens away or steal youth away from the church, when young life seeks to reach out to those who are unchurched, like their demographic is not the kids that are going to mass on Sundays, mm-hmm. the demographic is kids that have no on ramp to any religious community whatsoever, yeah, and. And for me, that whole Mother Church piece, that trunk, our trunk is strong. Yep. Mother yep. Church is strong. Our theology, man, if you're an intellectual and you're studying faith, I believe you can come to two logical conclusions. One, Catholicism, or two, atheism. Yeah. Anything else in between has a bunch of holes in it. You yep. either have to embrace it all or reject it all. And those are the only two logical conclusions. So if Young Life leads someone to a church community that's not Catholic, and that young man or woman goes ahead and dives into the faith to the degree that I believe Jesus Christ desires them to, guess what they're going to be in a few years? Yeah. If they keep... In the yeah. trunk. Yeah. They're going to be Roman Catholic. And so we cannot feel threatened at the reach of God and others who are sharing God in a positive way. And this includes our Protestant brothers and sisters, um, because I believe that all roads lead to Rome. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and we can't be threatened by like those within our church as well. Like when, when, and this is where I think sometimes we can stifle um, creativity within our church. And it's not just the church or, you know, like in quotes, or it's not people that work in the church. Sometimes it's just parishioners next to each other. Oh, hey, you know, I, I'd really like to do this. I think this would really reach the kids. No, no, no. We've never done it that way. We've always done it this way. So we're not going to do that. And it's like, right. why? You know, why? Like, and so this is where, like, as cheesy as it is, oh, well, that went on purpose, but the whole, you know, who moved my cheese? Have you ever read that book? Yes. You know, it's, it's old, you know, but it's like always expecting what has been done to work is, is silly. You know, that's not, that's not the way, it, that's not the way the world works. That's not the way humans work. So we need to think creatively on, on reaching out and we need to support each other. You know, even if, even if we think it might fail, we need to talk to the people who are going out there to do those things, help them, you know, to succeed, not just wait for them to fail. And then when it fails, help them try something new. Be supportive to do this because we as a church, we, we have to do this. We, we must do this. I have been blessed to work for a pastor at the parish I'm at um, who allows creativity and ministry to that degree. Mm-hmm. And there have been times where it's succeeded in a major way, and there have been times where it hasn't. Yeah. And in those moments when it fails, his question to me isn't, what the heck happened? <laughs> he goes, what did, he says, what did we learn from this? Yeah. And then we go ahead and we take the lesson and we go ahead and apply it to our parish or our paradigm and we go ahead and, and do better next time, yeah. you know, because we need to be making these attempts, even if they're failed attempts, to reach those on the peripheries right? That's a big piece of what the bishops talked about at the convocation. And to reach those who are lost and lonely, who aren't, who do not have some sort of a concrete on-ramp to the Catholic faith. Yeah, These are people that we are called to by virtue of our baptism to go ahead and reach. And that takes risk. And sometimes, especially professional ministry leaders, they don't have the budget or the support or the bandwidth to be able to do that. And so what ends up happening is we see one parish or one group take a risk. And if it succeeds... Four or five years later, a couple other parishes start imitating it. And then four or five years later after that, and then it's more normalized and it lost its relevance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the things are changing so quickly. Like we, let's have a MySpace ministry. Well, now mine just finally got approved 12 years after MySpace <laughs> shut down. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's kind of, yeah. that's yeah. kind of the thing. And we have to be at the cutting edge of sharing the gospel on all venues where sharing takes place. So I want you to look at that, listener. I want you to see where in my ministry am I taking risks. Yeah. And obviously everything is a risk, but I mean, where is the outreach taking place? And I would encourage at least one initiative a year that looks like that. Maybe for some of you, it might mean going and sitting in the uh, the student section of a high school football game or bringing pizzas to, uh, if you're uh, with elementary ministry, bringing pizzas to, to one of the schools one day for lunch and meeting some new kids. I know a pastor who went and uh, started knocking on doors and just did a door-to-door thing and, and just said, hey, any of you Catholic and uh, do you have your sacraments? And he would just give out information on how people could get their sacraments. Yeah. And how awesome would it be to, yeah, to see priests going around knocking on doors rather than, you know, and this, is, this isn't this is a knock on priests or anything like that, because I, I fall into this too as the leader of an organization is, oh, you go do that and you go do this. And it's like, Matt, you need to be doing this. You know, you need to. And that's why I, decided, I started a discipleship group of my own, you know, it's because I need to be doing this too. And so pastors, you know, 
and leaders, you know, ministry leaders, wherever you are, you need to be out there doing something like this, being a part of that green growing edge, um, trying new things with people. And it models. It says something. It models. It says this outreach is vital and uh, I'm going to show you that you can do this as well because I'm doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've expressed a frustration, I feel like, a lot more than, you know, any kind of solution around that. And, and I think that's fine because, like, there are, there are just times when we, we're, we're talking about frustrating aspects. But do you have any, like, tips for people who are feeling like they're out on the edge with no support? Yes. I mean, first, with no support, that's, that's hard. But first, every, every ministry leader, once they get to about the third year of ministry, um, they start to see some residual fruits from their ministry. Yeah. It's okay to make demands on those fruits. Mm-hmm. So a, a great example, again, I'm coming from a youth ministry perspective, but we have uh, volunteers who come through, they go through as their kids are going through high school, their kids graduate. And a lot of times the volunteers stop volunteering with ministry, but there's a few that stick around. And those are the ones that you see they're here because of a calling, not just because of a child. Uh-huh. Don't get me wrong. A, a child is a calling as well, and a lot of people get called on to different ministries, but some people are called specifically to youth ministry on a longer timeline. And uh, and to make demands on those people to say, okay, let's try something new together, let's dream together, or we need some money to make this a reality. I'm, I'm going to go to Father and tell him we already have $500 raised for the first, you know— a pre uh, pregame of the football game, or you know whatever it is, a tailgate. Why do I say pregame? It was tailgate, tailgate no the idea. football game, or whatever <laughs> it is. Just th- a dream, dream bigger dreams. And again, a lot of times, if you're in your first year of ministry, sometimes it's just or or whatever it is. Sometimes it's just laying the groundwork so that in the future you can go ahead and, and do those things. But you need to be thinking creatively on at least one area, and part of that is sharing vision. Share yep. vision with enough people and you'll bump into an activator like Matt Rice who will start telling you how to open doors. <laughs> yeah, how to important. make it happen. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, if uh, I'm trying to think of other other areas, you know, that, that people can look at, they can focus on and leading from like, again, it all depends on your where you are in the organization that you work in, whether you're the leader or whether you are a leader under a leader, um, a, whether you're the pastor or the youth minister or the DRE. But being able to, like you said, share that vision um, with what it is you're trying to do. If you're if you're trying to be on the edge, you need to be able to have time with the your boss um, to share with them you know the mission and the vision behind it, and get them on board what you're doing. Um, so maybe you have some tricks on how to do that, Chris. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I, I believe old is the new new. Yeah, mm. retro is in right. So we got '80s coming back and different things like that with fashion, but like anything that we do. Actually, they probably did. Like, we're like, oh, the most courageous ministry right now would be going out and knocking on doors. Yeah. And yet, that's exactly what they did in Acts of the Apostles. Yeah. Two by two, they were sent forth. And and so, the look back on some of the old scriptures and, and, and some of the old scriptures, <laughs> look back on some of the scriptures to draw inspiration for what should be done and ask ourselves, why don't we do that anymore? The boldest ministry takes place. And people are like, whoa, I don't know if we should do that. It's like, well, that's exactly what the apostles did. <laughs> you know, yeah. you didn't see them. The I think it was the upper room, not the upper classroom. <laughs> um, you know, and it was a prayer space, not, not, not just a teaching space. They did all the teaching in the street, in the public square, you know. Yeah. And so it's, yeah. just, it's just fascinating to think about. They did this before us. And what was the fruits of it? Eh, yeah. Just the conversion of thousands upon thousands, thousands of people. Of people. Yeah. 
and the martyrdom yeah. of hundreds more. Yeah. And so that is it. There's a risk. There was a risk back then. There's a risk now. If you expect that persecution, if you expect that hardship. Um, the other thing, and this is another podcast altogether, but try and frame it as an investment, not an expense. Yeah. Anything that you're doing for ministry, frame it as an investment. We are going to invest this many hours. We are going to invest this many dollars into this endeavor so that we can go ahead and invest in the unchurched or whatever it is and, and, and instead of an expense because that language is so dangerous to yeah. start seeing how can we get a bargain on a conversion. And the toughest thing about all that is you know, everybody wants to see results, but I mean, we we are actually like as far as our what we're looking for, our reward is in heaven, you know, and, and I know that that's maybe trite and it may be a way around like actually bearing fruit. And, but the, a lot of the things that do a lot of the, a lot of things we do, a lot of the projects we, we, we implement, we won't see results for years and, and that's okay. And, and we just need to get into the mentality as a church that, you know, the, the numbers, you know, that we see this week, you know, or next week or the week after that aren't really, you know, what we're, we're after. We're, we're looking at the long-term conversion. And I, like, I don't, I don't know how we measure that or even if we want to measure that, but we need to get into a place as a church that that's okay. And that's where faithfulness is bigger than fruitfulness. Yes. Yeah. Cool. As we wrap up, Chris, um, how can our listeners find us? Well, great. They can find us on Facebook, facebook.com uh, slash group slash MLA podcast. Maybe easier just to search that, but. Just Google MLA podcast on Facebook. There you go. Not Duh. Google it on Did Facebook. I just say Google? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> check, please. This this table's done right here. I'll take the bill. They can also find us on Twitter, twitter.com slash MLA podcast, uh, Stitcher. And we're going to have a, notes in the show links for that. Google Play is live. Check the show notes for that. MLAPodcast.com, your one-stop sh- shop source for all MLA podcast things. Last but not least, please email us, show ideas, quips, whatever you want. Um, email us, be in contact with us at MLAPodcast at ablazeyouth.org. And please write us a review in iTunes or any any other venue with which you listen to this. Yeah, and then if you could support us uh, as a, a Patreon at, uh, at patreon.com slash podcast. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, you go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. So take some time this week to pray with with and for other ministry leaders. And we will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless. God bless.